0: Hey, what's up family? Welcome to a live Q&A with yours truly. Hope y'all are doing well on this Sunday. Hope you guys are getting yourself prepared and ready for an amazing week uh, and that's going to be productive and beneficial to you. Hope y'all are well. With that being said, for those watching me for the very first time, my name is Joshua Ezzy also known as Coach Josh. And my goal is to help you make sense of your life and to help you grow holistically for God's optimal use. And after watching this, feel like, man, I like this guy's vibe. Go ahead and subscribe because I would love to be your coach here online. But for those who's been rocking me, whether you've been a subscriber for 14 years or 14 minutes or 14 seconds, I want to say thank you so much for trusting what God has entrusted to me. And I pray it continues to be treasured to But as everyone is coming in live, let me let you guys know about some things that I got. Coming up down the pipeline, and that's available actually right now, like if you're looking for one-on-one coaching, and you're like, after watching this video, if you knew, or you've been knowing me for a while, you say, hey, I need to talk to you one-on-one to help my relationships, my spiritual development, my my singleness, my purpose, branding, or transition, whether it's just going through a tough time, you need someone to talk to, I would love to coach you this summer. Also, check out my latest book, Facts Over Feelings, How to Find the Feeling, the Facts Behind your feelings, so that you can get back to fulfilling your purpose and fulfilling the roles that you are rolling with in life at the moment. So this book's available right now; great resource for that. If you're looking for a journal to help you process your ability to hold the important things of life, and you want to be whole, Uh, wholeness doesn't mean perfection; it means preparedness. And if you want to be more prepared to hold things you desire to hold, or to hold the things you're currently holding, here's a great resource for you as well. If you're looking to understand the purpose. Uh, Of your singleness and how to maximize. Here's a great resource here the purpose of your singleness. If you're looking for a great resource that will help you date God, date yourself, and become dateable so that you can take the love of your life forever, here's a great book here with a ton of questions, maybe over 200 questions that will either help end the wrong relationship or extend the right one. If you're looking for a resource to help you discern what's in front of you to ensure that it's not a counterfeit, but a counterpart, or you just want to better understand how God confirmed things in your life. Here's another great book here. If you're struggling with soul ties and strongholds, you're like, man, I want to untie from them and uproot them. Here's a great book called The Purpose of Freedom. If you have young students, third grade, I think fourth grade to about seventh grade, here's a great resource um, to help students discover their art form and to be artists for the glory of God. Also, if you're struggling with spiritual warfare and you want to better understand how to win the war, not only within, but the war against you, as well as understand the whole armor of God, here is a great book as well. All these books, card games, resources, and tools are available on my website, I am Unplug.com. Now we got people here. I'm going to post those links. Uh links for you to uh check out my website as well as if you feel to support my channel and support what we do, my wife and I, you can do that as well. Let's get to the question. Uh, let's see here. Jojo Davis says, What's up, Coach? Josh, it's Jojo out of Fort Worth. How do I become more confident in talking about my disability with cerebral palsy? Well, my brother. Um, No matter where you are in life, physically, mentally, emotionally, whatever, God can get the glory from it. And so confidence is based upon um, um, God being glorified. There's been plenty of circumstances, situations where God was magnified, glorified, and love was still um, uh, 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 brought two people together. And so how do you become more confident? Number one, you got to find out, you got to understand that your confidence must come out from God. Your confidence must start from him, that no matter the circumstance, number one, your confidence has to be in that he has the ability to heal, that he has the ability to uh, to enable you to still uh, uh, be who he would requires you to be desires you to be even with that circumstance right I'm not familiar with cerebral palsy, but at the same time God is very familiar with the ability to heal from that so your confidence has to be knowing that God can still be glorified out of any circumstance out of any situation that can be ultimately glorified in healing and being allowing you to be a witness or a tool um to show that God can be magnified through healing but in regards to confidence when it comes to a young lady or when it comes to relationship you got to understand hey man there's someone for everyone there is someone for everyone there is someone for everyone no matter what so your confidence understand your confidence must first birth from God and secondly you have to understand that God has someone for everyone. And then be confident, be bold, but don't identify yourself with your issue. Identify yourself with being strengthened from the issue and potentially you being utilized as a tool, as an individual that God can be glorified from. I hope the help them. Let's keep going. The humble one says, hey coach, should I let my child continue to play with a, a sometime kid who uh, be bullying? And should I approach... Uh, him also she not going... okay. Let me make sure I understand. Hey coach, should I let my child continue playing with the timing kid who be bullying, or should I approach uh uh him also seemingly don't know what's going on? Okay, I'm I, I don't understand the second part, but I'll go ahead and start with the first part. First off, as a protector, as a parent, it is it is your and our responsibility um to to uh wouldn't say rescue, but but to uh ensure. That our children number one understand how to handle bullying, how to handle it, but also for them to be able to determine what true friendship is, right? Sometimes it could possibly be that your kid may be more empathetic, and your uh, your child may be wired in that in that particular way, and that him or she not learning. How to determine who deserves accident could be detrimental down the road because some narcissistic individuals, some uh, selfish individuals cling to young people or people, period, who have greater depths of empathy right? To cause them to be deeply empty, right? to where they don't have nothing to offer themselves or those who truly love them, right? So as a parent, if you see that this child is some timing and you see that your child is em- an empathetic individual and, and is and is pouring more into that, then I think it's good to just say, you know what? Um, sit your son down, daughter down and explain to them, uh, um, this is life. These are people and some people don't deserve access to you. And then reiterate to him um or her their dignity that d- derives from the divine let them know that it's okay to be alone it's okay not to have friends because friendships uh as far as positionally should be earned and not freely given if that makes sense friendships should be earned the friendship position should be earned not just freely given uh friendships versus being friendly are two totally different, different, totally, different totally two different things i can be friendly and you not be my friend You see what I'm saying? So these are great talking points and great lessons for your son or daughter to go through. But if you begin to understand from your level of experience in life, begin to see that this individual is some timing and potentially using your child, then it's okay to to sit down and teach your child uh, uh, um, great lessons that they can learn from it. Hope to help. Hey, Coach, happy Sunday. Happy Sunday to you. Thank you. Thank you for joining me. Okay, okay, okay. Uh, Jody Real says, How do I stick with a hobby or interest? I feel like my attention span is shorter and I lose interest in everything quickly. It's by design. This system was designed for us not to be able to endure anything. The Bible says in the last days people will not be able to endure sound doctrine. We talked about with my students today that convenience is the enemy of patience and how convenience has caused us to be so Short span to the point to where we cannot be able to expand anything that's worth expanding. Right. And so it could just be your immersing into culture and, 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 and maybe being crippled by convenience. And but but realizing that there are certain things in life whose time frames of understanding has not changed. Even though convenience is is beneficial, even though DoorDash is, is, is beneficial, Instacart is beneficial, you still have to understand the other side of the coin. You still have to understand, uh, understand the other side of the process. That's why it's unfortunate a lot of people are going to be crippled by convenience. They, they go, they're going to be when there's food shortages or whatever that may occur, but they don't know how to plant food for themselves. They don't know how to garden themselves. So what I'm saying is... When it comes to sticking with something, you have to begin to reprogram your mind to be able to understand the time frame required for that thing to have and be what it needs to be. So how do you stick with a hobby? Number 1, you got to begin to really understand the importance of that hobby or interest. Usually the things that stick are not things that's quick, but things that are that have some legitimacy when it comes to our our, our identity in regards to our purpose. So what is the hobby? And first you got to get to the root of it. Why are you not sticking? Is it because of the convenience of culture and whatnot? Or could it be just any other uh, 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 emotional internal thing, right? So how do you stick with the hobby? You got to ask yourself, okay, why am I interested? Why must I have this hobby? How does it benefit me long-term? Is there any laziness inside of me? Is there any type of of just uh, uh, whatever? And so if you lose interest quickly, you got to ask them, why are you losing interest quickly? Hope they help. I'm going to get through these pretty quick so I can serve as many people as I can. So I know it's Sunday. Mary Marie says, hello, how do you not be ashamed of having to get a job and seeing others succeed with their businesses? And thank you for answering my other questions. You're so welcome. Well, my friend, you have to understand that true success is measured not from how we see it, but how God sees it. A lot of people are successful in the eyes of man, but not successful in the eyes of God. A lot of men or women are successful in the eyes of people, but when it comes to their people, as far as family, they're not successful. How many men built mega ministries, built mega businesses, women built big, great business and ministries, but their children are suffering. Their spouses are suffering. Things that truly matter eternally are suffering. And so the best way not to get distracted by other people's success is number one, realizing that not all successes are created equal. That some people sacrifice very important things to be successful. And if you truly understood what happened behind closed doors for that person to be successful, you would begin to realize that's not the type of path to success you want to travel, right? So it's nothing wrong with getting a job. There's nothing wrong with, with, uh, with grinding from the bottom to the top. Um, because you don't know what people had to do, who people had to uh, uh, sin with to win with. If you have to sin with to win with, then that thing ain't meant for you, fam. And so you have to begin to understand that not everyone's success is created equal. Not everyone's success is success based upon God or God is not even going to be glorified through that success. Now, if that person truly has succeeded successfully in the eyes of God, you celebrate them. That keeps your heart clean. Celebrate them. If it's a close friend, you know, they did it the right way. Celebrate them. Encourage them because one thing about a line is this, is that it doesn't matter who's in front of me in the line of blessing as long as I'm in the line of blessing. It doesn't matter who's ahead of me in the line of blessing. My turn will will return, will turn. It will be my turn. And when you begin to realize that the process is what's going to lead to your success, then you will embrace the process. So don't be ashamed of having a job. You know what I'm saying? I still have a job that still supports. It's a great revenue stream to support my my real dream. So you look at your job as a resource, not as uh, uh, something that will create resentment. And then when you see other people succeed, number one, realize you don't gotta audit them to see if their success is genuine. Just in the back of your mind, when you attempted to think otherwise, begin to say, you know what? I don't even know how they got successful. That's not my business, not my problem, but I'm not gonna envy it. And secondly, if they are successful and I see them around about, let me celebrate them and let me thoroughly realize that I'm in line too, and one day will be my time. Hope to help. Sarah, Sarah says, Hey coach. I have a prodigal spouse. I doubt God will bring him back home, but I've been led to pray for and cover him while he's out there. How should I keep navigating this after divorce? Now, uh, the real question is, um, so you are are you divorced? Yeah, that's a real question. Um, but I'm guessing you're not divorced. Let's read your question again. Hey, coach, I have a prodigal spouse. I doubt God will bring him back home. I got you, I got you. But I've been led to pray. Good thing you've been led to pray because you still... His wife, the beautiful thing that the word of God says, if one in the household is saved, the whole household can be potentially saved. So the prayers of the righteous avail of much. And, and while you're still in position of wife, you have the greatest uh, uh, uh position of prayer that could potentially bring that person back. Right. And because if you're led to pray for what has led was led astray, you'll be surprised how fast they'll come back one day because of your constant prayer. See, enemy's going to try to get you in emotional prayer, but you got to be in logical, strategic prayer when it comes to some of these things. Because if you get into emotional prayer, and don't get me wrong, emotions will be involved in your prayer, but you have to develop a frame of mind strategically understanding what you're really dealing with, Right. So anytime something goes astray, it was led astray. So what led it astray? Some type of demonic influence or demonic entity, right? And so you got to understand that you can't get so caught up emotionally because emotional prayers are are, are fair. They not they're not they're not um always there, right? But when you come down to realizing the purpose of your prayer, you will not be praying just for him. You will be praying for him to be loosed from them demonic spirits and influence so this is how you got to pray you got to begin to first pray in the holy ghost praying in the holy spirit will help you help you uh, uh, develop, rev the engine. The Bible says build yourself up in your most holy faith. Praying in the Holy Ghost is a great resource as a, as, a, as a Christian privately to pray to stir yourself up. Then you start getting into a river where you begin to write on a sheet of paper all the different things that you begin to see that's tied on him that may have been placed on him. And since you've been married to him, you will begin to understand all the things that may have contributed to the decision that may have happened in the past. And then the Holy Spirit will start giving you lines line upon line, prayer upon prayer to to, to target, to break those chains off of him, right? Because as you right now are the greatest peace that God can bring peace through, through prayer, because you are his wife. You are are his wife, right? Secondly, you got to remove out of your mind that the the idea that God can't bring him back. You says I doubt. You got to out the doubt. You can't doubt. The Bible says if you doubt, you become a double-minded man, unstable in all their ways. So if you begin to doubt and believe already with the exit plan, believing that this man is going to continue on to leaving, and and you won't receive the cleaving because you already are are invested in disbelieving, right? So now you got to erase the doubt. You got to believe. You got to fight and believe knowing that anything's possible with God, right? Because the key word in this is that you said that you was led to pray. So if you're led to pray, then that means this thing can be uh, salvageable. Not salvageable, but This thing can be saved and rededicated and renewed. Right? And so whatever guilt, shame, condemnation, everything that you ever put that up under the blood, put that back on the cross, get that out of your life. Remove all doubt from God's ability to bring this out and be inspired by the fact that you led. But don't get so caught up in your emotions where you begin to uh, be affected by the motions of life. You got to be strategic, logical, seeing beyond the natural circumstances, seeing the spiritual stronghold on him, right? And so so uh, this book right here would be a great resource for you, uh, my friend, called World War Me. It's a book on spiritual warfare. It'll teach you how to war. It'll teach you to better understand the whole armor of God and how to execute from that place. I hope that helped. <clears throat> Let's see here. Stretch Marks the Spot says, how would or how should I handle a strained relationship with my mother? She doesn't call or reach out to me. Well, it, 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 it lends me to see the story in the Bible that talked about uh, when Jesus' mom and brother came up to his his um, where he was and they had a little tension. They didn't really like what he was doing. Maybe he was embarrassing them. And the disciples came and said, Jesus, your mother and your brother's waiting on you. And Jesus said, "Boldly, who, boldly, who's my mother? Who's my brother? But those is in the kingdom of God. These are my mothers. These are my brothers. What he's saying is, is that if you ain't about what I'm about, then you got to get out. And if, and if you don't want to be about my life, you don't want to be invested in my life. There's no need for you. There's no need for me to be so emotionally brought down because you don't want to be down with what I'm doing. So when it, so the thing from your vantage point is realizing just that just that, that family that birthed you or family that is blood is not always family the true family is those who got the blood of Christ. that's the real family those we're talking about we're not talking about disowning your family for the church I'm not saying that but when the family is not really family, you got to go where there is family right and so now when it comes to your mother always you got to walk in love and kindness always. So 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 no, no. How you handle it? Number one, <clears throat> you got to go where there's honor. How you handle? You got to begin to see and uh, uh, understand your honor. How to handle a strained relationship? You got you got to uh, honor yourself. You got to honor God and honor. So now, what does that mean? Self honor means I understand my self worth. That I'm not going to make anything happen beyond your happenings against my level of honor. If people are disrespecting you, you don't have you don't have to worry about being in their life, right? So that's the number one thing you got to realize. Do I honor myself? Do I honor God? Because when you honor yourself and respect yourself, you won't let people disrespect you. So, and secondly, if she doesn't call or reach out, man, that's on them. So what I would do is, you know, Mother's Day, reach out to her. Mother's Day has already passed, right? Mother's Day gone. This summer, reach out when you feel led to reach out. But now you have to be prepared that life may be lived without people that you thought you loved or that loved you. So forgive your mom. Walk in love with your mom. Honor your mom um, at the at the limits that you're that you're still going to be honored and um, pray for her. The best thing you can do for a person like this in this situation is to pray for them. Hope that peace and blessings to you, my fam, my friend. Hey, coach, how do you know if you're walking in God's purpose as a woman? Why is it so hard for people to find a purpose and how to find your purpose? How? Uh, hey, coach, how, you know, if you are walking in God's purpose as a woman, um, I can only answer that to a certain limit because I'm not a woman. Um, So I'm going to skip that. Um, but why is it so hard for people to find their purpose? It's hard for people to find their purpose um, because of the purposes of everything else, because... It's hard to find your purpose when you don't understand the purpose of everything. Uh, that's why the devil wants to redefine the purpose of a thing. He wants to redefine marriage. He wants to redefine manhood. He wants to redefine womanhood. He wants to redefine parenting. He wants to redefine sex. He wants to re- redefine sexual orientation. He wants to redefine so that you can be confused by the wrong definition. Because if you have the wrong definition of things that you're interested in or, or whatever, or that you're involved in or based upon who you are, then you're not going to go, but so far because it's not the real definition. God holds the original definition of everything. God holds the original purpose of everything. So to better understand my purpose, I have to understand the purposes of the things around me, right? And so, in order for me to discover my purpose, uh, capital P, I got to be positioned to be purposeful daily. Meaning that if everything that's around me, I have to understand its purpose. What is the, does the word of God say as for you? What the purpose of a woman, the purposes of a woman, uh, uh, what does the word of God say about the purpose of love, the purpose of friendship, the purpose of life. So you got to begin to understand purpose in everything so that you can begin to be drawn um, by those things for you to be able to see what you are purposed for. But it's hard for people to find purpose because the purpose of everything has been redefined And nobody really knows what's truly, what's true or not, right? And so how do you find your purpose? Number one, you got to have a personal relationship with God. You're not going to be able to discover your purpose without a personal, a a progressing personal relationship. We're not talking about, because everybody in the world has a relationship with God, whether it's non-existent, poor, or proper, or progressing. Right. So everyone, the Bible says in him that we live, move and have our being. We all are in relationships. Some are non-existent, whatever. So you got to say, okay, right now, I'm not going to allow the weight of the pressure of not knowing my purpose. Distract me from being purposeful and spending time with the one who knows the purpose of me. So you got to say, I'm not going to worry about my purpose right now. I'm going to get to know God. I'm going to spend time with God. I'm going to walk with God. I'm going to steal my life. I'm going to remove things that shouldn't be in my life. I'm going to settle my life. I'm going to cast all my cares. I'm going to not be anxious for everything. I'm going to uh, um, count, count it all joy when I go through. All the various scriptures that that contribute to this, this uh, thing here is beneficial because then when you begin to spend time, then you will begin to see the things that are naturally drawn to you. Secondly, you already know your purpose, you just, but something in life has been placed on top of it. And unfortunately, we all were born with everything that we need inside of us. But because of life experiences, those things have been piled. A lot of things have been piled on top of it. We just haven't dug enough deep inside of us to see what it is that we're really good at and purpose to do. For instance, I was always good with words. I was always good with advice, but I allowed my own insecurities and all those things to to hinder me from operating in it in a, in a major way as a teenager, right? So what I'm saying is, maybe uh, dance or singing or words or or organizational skills, all those things are prevalent inside of you, <clears throat> but they but maybe your mom may have said some negatively to you about that. Your dad may have said something, or society hasn't put a lot of Prosperital uh, 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 Reward on it To the point where you believe I can't make money in that So number one You gotta have a Develop a personal issue with God And you gotta pierce through All that junk To find what's buried underneath That reveals to you Man I'm probably gonna do something with words Like for me my purpose was easier for me to understand when I began to see what was underneath me. And I was like, man, I am very good with words and connecting with people. And then over time, YouTube opened up, podcasting opened up, life coaching opened up, preaching opened up, uh, ministry opened up because I found the bedrock of my purpose. And that was words. So at the bottom of you is something that is so tell to you that you're so good at which will kind of give you some insight on what your purpose may be. But it starts with, in order to find your purpose, you have to embrace you being found. Has God found you? Because if God has found you, he'll help you find out what you're supposed to do. Hope that helped. Time for one or two more and I got to go. You're so welcome. I'm glad it was a blessing. I skip my oh, let me see. Let me see if I can find a question that I that I just answered. Did I miss my question? Okay, here we go. <clears throat> Dominic also said, I hope you and your family are well. We appreciate the time and everything you do. God gets the glory. You're so welcome. I'm glad this uh these videos are a blessing to you all. L V says. How can I get and set a better system so I can thrive while still being in my current environment where I'm working to move and change? Great question. Read again. How can I get and set a better system so I can thrive while still being in my current environment where I'm working to move and change? Great question. All these are great. Well, self-sustaining systems um, are essential for success. And so you gotta know uh, or begin to examine what uh, what's the best of you that you're striving to be before but while you you know uh, you, you gotta determine that. and what I mean by that is this, you gotta see the purpose of your current environment and you have to have supporting systems. Supporting system is just uh, time management skills, uh, 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 people skills are, are great systems. Um, how I deal with people. What is my systems on dealing with people? What are my systems in, in, in regards to time management? What is my systems of thought? Like like like. what are my systems of thinking? What are my thinking systems, my thinking patterns, right? So you got to get a sheet of paper and write down everything that's tailored to your success to be your best in an environment where you don't want to be uh, too much longer. So some of those things would be time management, system of time management, um, joy management, uh, um, people skill management. Or systems, joy systems. Uh, joy systems could be just making sure, okay, early in the morning, do I spend five minutes with God? Um, do I, what do I listen to on the way to work? Do I worship on the way to work? Do I uh, listen? What kind of music do I listen to? Uh, what uh, what do I do during my breaks? Uh, what do I do on Sunday night to prepare for my week? Um, that's joy system. Joy systems is keeping my mind on, on, on what deserves to have my mind set on ultimately, and that's God. And uh, maybe a system could be that every morning you wake up and you write out or shout out three things you are thankful for. That is a joy sustaining system. Time management system is okay, I'm gonna take 20 minutes every night before I go to bed and prepare for the next day. I'm gonna take 30 minutes to prepare for the next day. That means you get a sheet of paper, you can journal, you can paste, you can vent and say, okay, uh, uh, in regards to my time management, okay, uh, what can I do today to help me tomorrow? And so before you go to bed, that could be a part of your joy system, your time management system, so that when you wake up in the morning, you're lighter and better and ready to go. What are my dietary systems? Um, Am I meal prepping? What am I eating throughout the week? Because all those things contribute to successful soul patterns. So that, so that you have great soul patterns, soul, S-O-L-E, so that your feet can be showered with the preparation of the peace. So no matter where you are, you are, are more susceptible to being led by the God because your soul system, S-O-U-L, are so solidified that your souls, wherever they are, you will be, be able to be used by God for God to be magnified and glorified because you're in the stride with God, right? right? And then you got to begin number three to see the purpose of where you are. That no matter where you are, it is building you for where you want to go. So, joy systems, time management systems, people systems, and and uh, uh, financial systems, dietary systems, and you you get them by gathering. In order to get these systems, you gotta you gotta do some research about you. What things must you incorporate today to ensure that you're successful tomorrow? And then don't worry about the environment being changed because your mind will not be present. You always want to be present in the present so that you can be a present in the present. You always have to be present in the present so that you can be a present in the present. So I got to always be present. I can't think about Friday on a Tuesday because if I'm thinking about Friday. Since it's the last day of school and, and I, but I will not be mentally present on that Tuesday and kids will be passing me by and God's going to be like, man, these are kids that you need to reach right now. But you're so focused on Friday that you're not useful Tuesday. You, you, you're so worried about tomorrow that you're not useful today. And so don't think about the change that is going to happen as far as your environment. Change the environment you're in. One thing that I always say, we're supposed to be thermostats, not thermometers. Thermometers tell the temperature. Thermostats set the temperature. Hope they help. Dominique Corner says, how to make your life fruitful. How to trust God when you don't see anything happening. Great question uh well you can't be fruitful if without fellowship a gardener has to fellowship it has to it, he has to or she has to engage the ground engage the seed engage the responsibility of the garden in order for that garden to be fruitful See, you have to understand the gardener is in a partnership with the elements see the garden is in partnership with the soil the ground the, the gardener's. is It's in partnership with the ground. It's in in partnership with the sun gaze, uh, uh, glare. He's in partnerships. He's in partnership with all these invisible elements, right? The same is with us. You have to understand that your life is not going to be significant if you don't live in it. Like life is a gift. And when you begin to see life as a gift and it's an or, organism that is a, a, a thing that just is organized and it just begins to a, 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 a develop upon itself, then you will take more time to invest in it. Now, how do you make your life more free? You have to fellowship with God. It's a must. You as the garden has to be a fellowship with the gardener so that he can pull out of you what he's already planted inside of you. So number one, in order to be fruitful, you have a great resource right now, and that's, that's the Holy Spirit. You build more fruit by fellowship with that. How does one fellowship with the Holy Spirit? It's acknowledging him. It's realizing who he is. Number one, you have to get to know what the word of God says about him. And then begin to track how he has been speaking into your life to a degree. You begin to become familiar with his voice. Then when you begin to understand who he is and why is in it's in uh. Uh, essential for you to spend time with him, then you'll begin to see the importance of making time for him. And then, number two, you got to begin to see what's inside of you that are stones or thorns or hardness. The Bible says in Mark chapter four that the sower goes out to sow, and he sows the word, the word of God. And some seed fall on the ground that's hardness. And the Bible talks about that is sowed on the hard ground that the birds come down and pick up the seed. What that means is unforgiveness, resentment bitterness hardness of heart you can't even receive the seed because your heart is hard and so that's easy for demonic spirits to come and get that word up off you because you already have a hard disposition against the sower if your heart is hard, that means your heart is hard to anything possible and good from God. Therefore, no matter if someone good or something good is sown upon you, you have a hardness about it, a hardness perspective about it, and you are not receptive. Unforgiveness makes you uh uh not receptive, resentment makes you not receptive, bitterness makes you not receptive, therefore, the enemy loves plucking the seed off those people because you don't even want to receive it at all. All Bibles talked about that the word, the word of God or the seed of God. Is sown on stony ground that they immediately receive it with joy, meaning they have some soil, they have some, they have some history with God, they have some whatever, but they still got some of that brokenness stone inside of them. And so even though that they was planted, it, it is proven unfruitful because they never got the stones out of their heart. Their heart may not be all the way hard, but they still need to forgive in certain areas. They still need to let go in certain areas. Bible talks about that some seed is sown on thorny ground, that the cares of this world chokes it up. You see what I'm saying? So you got to ask yourself, and who am I hard to? Who am I? Who do? I, what do I have a hard heart towards? Uh, what do I, what am I ignorant of? Because people are ignorant receive receiving with joy. Oh, I'm so glad God is one. But they have no depth. You got to begin to say, okay, in some areas, I might have to be a, I have to be more of a disciple in. In some areas, I have to grow in God more so that God can go deeper and remove those stones out of my heart so the roots can go deeper without any blockage. So the first group are those who may not be saved, those who just have hardness of their heart and they're not receptive. You got to repent and say, I forgive Whoever, and I forgive, and I forgive myself, so that God can take their heart of stone and make it to a heart of flesh, pliable soil to be able to receive the seed. Right. Second group of people are those who are just zealous, but are not uh, uh, um, uh, uh, deep enough. And what I mean by that, they're not sanctified enough. They haven't grown enough. So they've been to church for a few years, or they may have been a lifer, but they don't have no deep fellowship with God, and they don't realize that, man, I still got stones, but my heart's not hard like her, though. But my heart's not hard like him, though. But God's saying, man, you're not even allowing me to go deep to remove the stones out of your heart because you received it with joy. You received it with joy, talking about I got joy, to the Lord. But when it comes to trials and tribulations, you ready to leave God. And those who got thorns in their heart are those individuals who got selfish ambitions and cares and it chokes it up because God's processes are long. God is like molasses. He's not like He's not He he, everything about God has its particular time and particular flow. And if you got cares for this world and stuff like that and the world is going fast, it's going to choke that good stuff in you and you won't be able to prove proven fruitful. Most important you have to understand that you have to be pruned. That there don't be very careful what you ask. Because if you ask God to make you more fruitful, that means he has to prune you more. The Bible says he prunes the branch. We're the branch. This flesh is a branch. The vine is the Holy Spirit in us. The Bible says, I am the vine. Jesus said, I am the vine. And the spirit, it was, which was his, is in us now. He's the vine. And the Bible talks about that in order for, him, for us to be more fruitful, he has to prune. So when you ask God for more patience, he'll bring a lot of unlovable people. When you ask God to make you more strong, he'll bring you greater circumstances. If you ask God to make you more lovable, he'll bring more unlovable things so that that muscle can be strengthened. That's the only way you can be fruitful. And you have to understand the difference between fruitful and fruitful. Some people want to be fruitful externally, but they don't want to be fruitful internally You got to ask them, what kind of fruit do I truly want to bear? Because every fruit over there is managed by the fruit inside. The fruit external can only be managed when you have fruit internal. So if you want to be fruitful financially, you want to be fruitful relationally, you want to be fruitful externally, those things will not be managed or sustained if you're not fruitful internally. A marriage cannot be sustained without love, joy, peace long-suffering, gentleness, kindness. You see what I'm saying? Self-control. No matter, you can get a wife if you want to, you can get a husband if you want to, but if you don't got the supernatural, intangible, indwelling characteristics of the Holy Spirit at work inside of you, then you won't be fruitful outside of you. Second question, how to trust God when you don't see anything happening? There's always something happening. There's always something happening. There's always something happening. Because we can't expect our proximity to determine what God is doing for me. I can't I can't allow, because I can't, right now, God has my name, has my family's name on somebody's heart. Right now, somebody's buying a book right now. Somebody's thinking about giving me thousands of dollars right now. Somebody's thinking about giving me a million dollars right now. Somebody right now. So something is happening for me, whether I see it or not. Do you know things, things have to happen in order for things to happen? So what what I mean by that, People, people have to be in certain places, certain times for things to happen. So just because I don't see it doesn't mean God ain't doing it. Actually, God has already done it. One thing about God, God is not doing anything. God has done everything. Everything is trying to catch up with what has already been done. Everything's on a time release based upon God's providential and sovereignty. So so things are happening. They're all because God is omniscient. Everything about our relationship with God has to stem from us, from him to us, not us to him. So I have to understand him to me, not me to him. Because if I understand me from him, me to him, then I will lose sight because the word of God says his ways are not our ways, his thoughts are not our thoughts. So I have to examine everything from him to me. So God is, all, things have already been done for you. You just got to continue to stand fast and be unmoved, but always abounding and continue to do the work of the Lord while you in the present. And so if you worry about what you see, then you will be limited by what you see. But we can't see demons. We can't see angels. We can't see what's happening. How can you see what's happening for you uh, that God is working in your favor in Florida, in California, in Australia, wherever? You can't see that because of your locale. So you have to trust that things are happening even when things are not happening because all, there's always something happening in our favor. Up there. We all talking to each other, Okay. Uh Shell C says, "Hey, Coach, I love my uh, boyfriend. Known him for 20 years, been together for one. His assistants, he offered his assistant, he offered sex to, and claims he never went through the act. So I should proceed in the relationship. I feel depressed." Every time I bring it up, it leads to arguments and sometimes physical altercation. I felt like he should have gotten a new assistant and explained I'm uncomfortable now, but he didn't make the change. Well, my friend, it's time for you to break the chains and make a change. First off, anytime. If a man can't handle resistance, then he shouldn't be your assistant and he shouldn't be someone that you uh, associate with. Uh, so you said assistant. He uh, he is. Hit- OK, read this again. Get- His assistant, he offers sex to, and claims he never went through. Listen, the Bible says when a man looks at a woman with lust in his heart, he's already committed adultery with her in his heart. It's only it's only a matter of time before he hits that behind. I'm telling you, it's only a matter of time because you the the fact that he's upset about it is 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 to a degree where he wants his cake and eat it too. What that means is he want he you are his he the woman he wants to marry. But that's the woman that he wants to have fun with, right? But he has to understand that that ain't going to be self-sustaining. One thing a man has to understand about women, you got to erase the opportunity for her to even start thinking. Once a woman starts thinking, you start sinking. You got you to gotta make sure you solve all of her thoughts. <laughs> you got to make sure she don't even start thinking about nothing because you have been proven to be faithful. I don't want my wife to start thinking. That's why I keep living my life open before I don't got time for her to start thinking. That's stressful. You know what I'm saying? And what I mean by thinking, my actions, my patterns start getting her questioning, well, why are you doing that? What does that mean? What are you doing that for? No, no, no. I got to make sure that I keep everything the way it needs to be to keep her from thinking that anything's going on. And the fact that he's got you thinking, he ain't going to be able to enjoy the relationship anymore because now he doesn't got, he doesn't he open up the hornet's nest. Of thoughts, so just because he didn't go through with the act doesn't mean he didn't even act on it. He maybe he hadn't even told you. And if I was you, I would leave the guy because he shouldn't even put you in that situation. The reason why you feel depressed is because you allow you were so impacted by his impress. When you are impacted by someone's impress, then you end up saying something to be depressed because the only thing and the only one that should be impressive to you is God. When God when God has your awe, anything else is whatever. And what I mean by that is God should be so great to you. God should be so big to you that no matter what other people do, that's impressive, but I'm not going to let that do an impress in me. You see what I'm saying? Because I'm too impressed by God. That's, that's you know, when Moses came in and he was like, and they, the, the other uh, witch workers, whatever, threw their uh, staffs out and they made snakes and stuff like that. And then Moses threw his down. I don't know if he threw his first or whatever. And then his snake, I ain't impressed by that. My my staff uh, swallow all y'all snakes. So listen, man, listen, if, listen. If he's making those kind of offerings outside of the church, then that's the church you need to leave. He never went through the act. He went through the act internally. Just because he didn't act on it physically doesn't mean if it's still on the inside, he'll do it on the outside. Last, like you said, every time I bring it up, it leads. It of course, gonna lead to arguments because that's just a consequence of his actions. And if he's getting physical with it, then it's time to get away. This is not someone you need to be with. And you got to count your losses. You got to write on a sheet of paper why this relationship must end. You got to write down everything, whatever. And number one, let me just I'm done with this question because I want to encourage you. You got to know where your worth comes from. Your worth comes from God. When you know that your worth comes from God, you'll know what's worthy for your worth. When you know your worth comes from God, you'll know who or what is worthy of your worth. Not everybody deserves access to your value. Not everyone deserves access to your heart. You got to look in the mirror and begin to ask yourself, why do I, why am I putting up with this? Why am I putting up with this? Why? Is it because no one ever said that you was beautiful? Is it because someone ever said that you was, that you was worth something? Who cares who said and who didn't say? What has God said about you? He says you are fearfully and wonderfully made. Wonderful are your works. Your soul must know that. Because if your soul doesn't know that, people will take advantage of that. And you got to, man, I don't feel you right now. You're probably in tears right now. But you got to say, hey, man, why am I accepting this? You got to know your value and your worth. I don't care what you've been through, what you've gone through. It is making you into a person that God sees fit to fit in what he has already fashioned for you to fit in. And this ain't it. Because if he, the fact that he still has it in his heart, you can't trust that. If it's in his heart, he's going to do it. Because it may not be her though, but it will be someone else. And now he's trying to use reverse psychology to keep your biology around his dysfunction. Because he still wants you as a wife, but he wants to play around. But that ain't what, that ain't what we do. You ain't no playground. Are you a playground? Are you a monkey bar? Are you a slide? Are you a are you a swing? No. And especially if he's swinging and again physical with you, that man has no self-control. No man, that man has no self-control. And the reason why he's doing that is because he hates himself. And you don't want to be around someone that doesn't love themselves. Because if they don't love themselves, how are they gonna love you? Hope they up. Time for one or two more, and I gotta go. Uh <clears throat> Boa says, <clears throat> can you share wisdom on suicide? I think if a place or people is being oppressed, a peaceful suicide outlet should be made available besides suffering under duress. uh, Should be made, so you said a peaceful suicide outlet? Nah, your reason for living is always greater than your reason for dying. Society has made, has weakened people to such a degree to the point the way they put their whole worth on something that's not even worth their footing. And then when that thing has proven to be unfaithful, they crash. Those individuals who makes God their rock, who builds their house on a rock and not on sand, are those who who are able to, to uh, rock through and press through any type of things thrown at them. But you have to understand your reason for living. The only way you can know your reason for living is reverencing the one that knows your reason. And understand that he made you with 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 fear, with reverence and with uh with wonder so that you don't have to wonder about who you are or wander through life. And so if anyone on the sound of my voice struggling with suicidal thoughts, because I've been through it twice. I had suicidal moments in my life twice. And I'm so glad that love of God came into that car when I was driving down 45 and I almost flipped my mom's car. I was going to kill myself. See what I'm saying? I was like, oh, I've been there. I, I know how it feels to be in a car and your arm is shaking because you want to flip your car over a bridge or flip your car into run into a, a pole so that you can die. Because I, the reason why I wanted to kill myself is because I made a person my God. I made I made uh, outcomes of ministry endeavors my God. And when that thing proven not to be godly towards me, I wanted to be God of my own life and take my own life. But I cried out to God. I said, God, man, if you're real, which I know you are, let me know now. And the love of God filled that car to the brim. And I I pulled my car off a Road and parked in the gas station. And I started crying like a baby. And God said, son, keep going. And if I would have killed myself at 24, would I be what? Y'all wouldn't even be reaching y'all right now. So the reason for your the reason for your life is greater than the reason for you thinking that you should leave it or kill it. Because if I would have killed my life at 24 at a momentary moment where I didn't feel fulfilled, I would not be fulfilling my purpose and answering this question right now. So you gotta, you gotta put things in perspective and begin to say, okay, I gotta change the way I think. And the reason why people are suicidal or depressed is because their dependency is not on God; they depend too much on people, they depend too much on money, they depend too much on outcomes versus the outlet. Talked out. Okay. Yeah, get, get, get leave that man. Just go on, leave him. It's easy said and done. That's why you got to get this book right here. If you're still watching, get this book on soul ties, the purpose of freedom, how to untie soul ties or uproot strongholds. Get this book right here. You got to leave them, but you got to understand how deeply your soul is connected, especially if there was any type of physical things that may have occurred between all two. Get this book. I think it will help you and anyone else who is soul tied to a situation you know you should leave. I'm going to do these rapid fire. I'm going to do some rapid fire real quick, and I'll be done in about seven minutes or so. Uh, Where did I stop? Man, that's a lot of questions, man. I I shouldn't even push that button because now I lost. Here we go. Jazz says, we have one life to live and I want to live it like Adam. How can I live like Adam in today's time, completely free from the stresses, headaches, heartaches and diseases of the world? Is that even possible? Well, you don't want to live the life of the first Adam. You want to live the life of the second Adam, because the first Adam had everything. The first Adam didn't have nothing to endure. The first Adam knew God completely. He had so much of God, he took him for granted. You don't want to be the first Adam. You want the second Adam, the second Adam that had to endure hardship, the second Adam that had to be beaten, the second Adam that had to be betrayed, the second Adam that that was compelled by love to endure. You want the second Adam who is Jesus. And then by his spirit, you will be able to have the endurance to be able to endure anything. So that life of Adam and Eden will never be what it is until we are in heaven. But in this life, the second Adam, who is Jesus, came so that we can have life and life more abundantly, so that we can be able to count on our joy when we go through various trials. So that we'll be able to lean not to our understanding, but always acknowledge him. So that we'll be able to endure harshness like a good soldier. So that we'll be able to test every spirit behind everything. So that we'll be able to discern and not entrust ourselves to everyone. That's the spirit of the second Adam birthed uh, because of Jesus, birthed by his spirit, who's the Holy Spirit, is inside of us. So there won't be no completely free of anything until we are uh, in heaven, but we can be completely freed through the Holy Spirit. What I mean by completely free, what I'm saying is there's going to be times where things are going to happen in life, but it doesn't matter what happens to you is what you make happen from you. And so that's the spirit of God. The spirit of God will take stresses and make it peace. The spirit of God will take heartaches and headaches and make it a, a sober-mindedness. The, 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 the spirit of God will teach you how to be uh preventative when it comes to diseases, right? So you want to be the second Adam, not the first Adam. Great question, though. PTL says, What are some tips for transitioning to adulthood? Well, first you have to understand the the fun the fundamental blocks, the fundamental Blocks of adulthood. That means time management, money management, thought management, relationship management, friendship management, right? All those different management skills, right? So you transition by being transformed. The Bible says, Be not conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. So you got to look at your mind for what it really is and begin to ask yourself, What are those things that I want to manage in life? Write on a sheet of paper right now, everything that you want to manage in life right now. And then on the second, on the side of that management list, I want you to put my Uh, uh, mindsets? What type of mental settings should I be setting in my mind right now? And what are some things I need to be mindful of so I can match the type of person I need to be to be able to manage these different things? So if you desire to be married, if you desire to have millions, if you desire to have children, if you desire to have whatever, if you desire those things, you cannot just desire those things. You got to desire the ability to manage those things. And then you got to develop the disciplines to ensure that you can actually uh, uh, manage those different things. And then that's when you get into your current mental setting. And go to the word of God and say, what does the word of God say about marriage, about manhood, about money, about whatever? And then begin to reset your mental settings to be in uh, in accordance to what those things are. And then be mindful of those things in your day to day. And then you will begin to see yourself transition as your mind is transformed into those positions of management. Great question. Super Jazz uh, Johnson says, hey, coach. Hi, coach, need some advice on how to untangle myself from unhealthy intermittent addictions. Sometimes it takes months before the habit repeats itself and it's usually more overwhelming than the last. Well, <clears throat> great question. The reason why things sprout up like weeds is because we never got rid of the weed seeds, right? Right. So in order for me to get rid of the weeds and and begin to grow wheat, I'd rather grow more wheat than I do grow weeds because weeds choke the wheat. Therefore, I can't have no bread, right? So what you got to do is you got to get rid of the seeds of the weeds. So if, for instance, if all you do is trim the fruit of an issue, but never deal with the root of the issue, it will sprout up in a period of time. So intermittent addictions occur because those intermittent addictions occur in seasons where uh, it was familiar. What I mean, but if you tend to bend in seasons where you are depressed, sad, uh, burnt out, or whatever, then you got to begin to develop better systems and begin to grow deeper relationship with God to be able to be sustained in those periods of times, right? But those things sprout up because those things tend to happen when you are in certain circumstances or situations or environments. And those things tend to sprout up again when you never dealt with the root issue and never got rid of the seed. So what happened to you at 5, 7, 11, 12, 14, 21 that's contributing to those things being developed in your life? Great question. You all says, hey, coach, need some advice on thing." Okay, untie- got gotcha. So this book right here may be a benefit to you, uh, The Purpose of Freedom, How to Untie Soul Ties and Uproot Strong. This book will actually be very beneficial to you. Because there's a lot of strongholds inside of us that's holding us back from being the strong ones we need to be for society. So, this book right here will help you untie soul ties and uproot strongholds. Let's see if I can do a couple more uh, rapid fire. Humble says, I wonder, am I the only one who look at people's YouTube names and be like, wow, are they? Oh, God, God, y'all tell me that. I'm telling uh, Amelia says, "Hey, Coach. Young woman 25. Feeling the effects of a bad decision in career. No friends and self-development. Don't like where I am in life. Feel shame. Hope is unworthy. What are first steps to a better life? First steps to a better life is realizing that, the, that you can only live life from God. And what I mean from God and fellowshipping with God is because... Life is not based upon what society has defined life to be. See, the reason why you feel shame, hopeless, and unworthy is because you don't understand the gospel. The gospel says, yes, that you was unworthy of it, but because of the worth of God's love towards us, he sent his only begotten son to die a death that we should so that we can live a life that he was supposed to, that live a life in accordance with how he lived, right? And in that transactionalness transition that he took our shame and condemnation and gave us life, that everything that you did wrong is in the the blood, if you confess your sins and and, and renounce those demonic connections to it, then you can be set free. So I will read Psalms 139 that talks about you being fearfully and wonderfully made, right? Also, I'll begin to understand that your past is your past. The beautiful thing about the past is that you can learn from it so that you can pass through any other future trials that you may have, right? So if you made a bad decision, just continue to make good decisions. But even if you make a bad decision in your career, God can redeem the time when you renew your mind. So remember that. All right, let's see what I got. Ooh, let's see, man. This list it gets long, man. This list long. Let me try to find questions that I haven't answered before. Thank you, Coach Josh. I appreciate your help. You're so welcome. Hey, Coach, everyone I'm around believing in God but are not living holy. How do I get around like-minded people who don't think I'm trying to be better or holy than thou? Well, sometimes in walking his life is going to be lonely. And there's going to be a lot of people who are phony. And it's worth being alone than being alongside phony people who are not really trying to be holy for God. And so you have to first be able to get your mind wrapped around the idea that you may have to be alone in certain periods of time because your the pr- people in your proximity are not really to press into the things of God to be more like him. So how do you get around a lot of like-minded people? Just be like-minded with God. When you're like-minded with God, then God will start bringing the people that are like-minded with you because maybe God wants you to be by yourself so that you can get to know yourself and get to know him so that when you go from him, you'll be able to now manage the other people around you. But continue to walk your life, continue to do what God wants you to do and let those people um, fall into their ditches and go down the broad road that's on the way to hell. Yo, coach, I didn't listen to rap, but I miss worldly rap music. Only time I like gospel music. Only time I like gospel music is when praising God, but I miss bumping my rap music when I'm making runs. What's your pin on worldly rap? You guys stay away from it because music is one of the greatest, uh, um, addictions of all time because you can walk into a store, every other addiction needs permission, but music don't need permission. Music can creep in your mind without even you uh, um, giving it, it permission, meaning that when you walk into a Target, you walk into a Walmart, you walk into the store, a song can creep up into your psyche and be all up in your soul, and all of a sudden now you're regurgitating the words of that song not knowing that you may be saying things damnable to your own self. So music is deeper than just the tune because the beat gets you into a bounce that gets your mind into a trance to deposit the agenda of the message of the music. That's why you got to stay away from it. And then begin to grow from it because you have to understand, okay, why do I love music so much? Because music is like candy, it's like sugar, it's sweet, it's it it really there's some songs that get you through sometimes. Now, when it comes to certain songs, like there's certain artists like Bizzle, there's certain people like Lecrae, there's people, and I won't know some of these people I'm throwing out there because it is what it is. Um no big deal uh uh andy minio uh a lot of different other alternatives that i think will supplement um but of course the devil's music is going to be better than god's music and what i mean by better i mean clever and I'm, what i mean by is, is, is demonic is going to be more tuned to the flesh right And so now, when you are in an environment of working out and stuff like that, you need that support, then you got to recondition yourself that's different than the culture of the world so that you can be able to start saying, okay, now I'm going to grow accustomed to to, to other alternatives that are more Christian rap. Tell me, endure. God bless you too, Kimberly. Andrea says, hey, coach. Hope you are well. I've been having dreams of demons and evil forces. Each time I'm able to overcome through the name of Jesus it's very, it's very empowering. I wonder if God is telling me something. God, you may just have the gifts of revelation, gifts, word of knowledge, word of wisdom and discerning of spirits. God may be oper- operating that in you. But if you're struggling in your sleep, it is affecting your sleep. That means it's some demonic activity, meaning that you got to anchor yourself in the word of God that says he gives his beloved sweet sleep right? And so you got to begin to ask them, what am I entertaining before I go to sleep? What am I doing before I go to sleep? Is my house really sealed as off as holy? What am I doing that may be allowing demons to infiltrate my sleep, causing me to be restless and causing me not to be my best the next day? Uh, LV says, this is huge, Coach. Thoughts of some of these too. I'm glad it's a benefit. Bailey Patterson says, hey, Coach, how can I start speaking truth in love? I have a hard time speaking truth into my friends' lives, whether it be provided correction or encouragement. Well, listen, um, some, this generation, is, this culture right now has been uh, um, so sensitive, since it, uh, has been made to be so sensitive that even if you do say truth and love, they won't get it. But every uh, love must come with grace. Grace gives you understanding. Empathy gives you understanding so that you can be able to now um, give that love. Some people uh, um, uh, lived out truth can be more effective than spoken out truth. When people begin to see you living the truth, not your truth, but the truth, and they begin to see the blended benefits and the blessings of that truth, even though it may be convicting them. The next thing you know, they may be coming to you asking for you for encouragement, right? You say, I have a hard time speaking truth into my friends' lives, whether it be providing correction or correction. Well, listen, I only correct through relationship and I only correct when people come to me. Now, if I have a relationship with someone that has given me clearance to correct them at any given moment, like in a mentorship way or in that friendship way, then I I'll, I'll, I'll have that liberty to correct because that relationship gave me the, the limits of correction. But usually I don't correct people until they come to me. I just I just pray for them, have grace for them, love on them until they come talk to me. And then I give truth and love that way. Bailey Pastor, I appreciate you so much, coach. God bless you, my brother. God bless you too. Oh, wow. okay, gotcha. What's the difference between a worldly relationship versus a godly relationship? Great question. What's the difference between a worldly relationship and a godly relationship? A worldly relationship is a relationship that's based upon the world's standards. A godly relationship is a relationship based upon God's standards. And the only way to know the difference is to get into God's word. This man got my full attention. I love how you explain things. God gets the glory. I better go. It's getting late. It's 10.42. Love you all. Thank y'all so much for trusting me with y'all's questions. I may start making it a habit to do rapid fire because so I can get more questions answered. Uh, let me see if I see anything. Uh... Jennifer says your ministry is blessed. I'm glad to hear you and your wife are still thriving. Thank you for your hard work and dedication to us. It's good to see you as a strong brother in Christ. Be blessed, you too, Jennifer. Thank you for that encouragement. Thank you so much for that those kind words. Uh, Jesus took our sins. How do you deal with uncontrolled panic attacks daily? Well, I used to have. I used to experience panic attacks a lot. Uh, I had to re. I had to reprogram my thinking. I had to reprogram the way I think. The reason why you have uncontrolled panic attacks is because you have uncontrolled thought patterns. And the reason why you have uncontrolled thought patterns is because your hope and your heart is not in peace with God. And what I mean by it, you don't trust that God is able to do whatever it is that you're panicking over. The Bible says, be anxious for nothing. But with prayer and supplication, it means that means if you're anxious for something, that means you don't trust that God is able to uh, to uh, to take care of the anxiety. Number two, there's no conversation between you and God daily. The Bible says, "With prayer and supplication, make your request known." You're not talking with God often, and you're not you haven't experienced God's peace. And so, in order to overcome panic attacks, you got to have communion with Him. You have to converse, com, have conversation with Him. You have to trust that you that He has what's best for you, and you have to reprogram your thinking. Man, I got to go, y'all. This has been good, but I, gotta go. I got to go. I got a whole wife. and <laughs> It's getting late. I got to work tomorrow. Love y'all. Y'all be blessed. Make, make sure if you need one-on-one coaching, you go, hey, man, I got to talk to this guy. I got to spend one-on-one time with him. And if you want to let me know what your budget is. Let me know what you can do. And I'll custom, whether it's multiple coaching sessions or one coaching session, and I'll customize a coaching session for you. Uh, relationship coaching, spiritual coaching, singleness coaching, purpose coaching, branding coaching. Also, I'm about to make available my Patreon, usually I do Patreon over the summer, and so if you want to join my Patreon for doers only, I will be starting in June, and that means I will create uh, what you call those things, uh, Zoom calls, uh, f- and there's different price points that you want to support what I do this summer, and I will be able to serve you all in a different way. So if you want coaching one on one or you want group coaching, check out my Patreon. I just go to my website, iamuplugcom forward slash custom coaching, and I want to I want to talk to this guy. Let me know your budget. Let uh, Let's see how I can help you. Also check out uh, my latest book, Facts Over Feelings, if you want to learn how to find the facts behind your feelings. So that you can get back to filling your purpose or roles in life, this book would be a great resource to you. If you're looking for a book to help you to hold things better, it's part two to this book here, The Purpose of Singleness. But if you are a single married man or woman or whatever, whatever, and you want to hold your wife better, hold your children better, or hold your singleness better, here's a great journal that will help you do so. If you want to know the purpose of your singleness and how to maximize your singleness, here's a great resource here to help you find it. If you're looking for a great dating resource tool to help you find the purpose uh, or to help you date God, do something come datable. I'm going to do a part two to this book as well. But if you want to uh, ask questions that either help end their relationship or extend it, it's a great book here. Also, has a card game that you can get to it. It's a great card game to determine whether the relationship should go slow, whether it's some whoa red flags, or you should say no to it great stuff there. If you're looking for a book to help you with discernment to make sure that what's in front of you is from God, here's a great book here to help you with that. If you want to overcome soul ties and strongholds and you want to walk in freedom, it's a great book here. If you have young people that will benefit from a book that will help you discover the art form, great book there. If you're looking for a book to help you better understand spiritual warfare and how to incorporate the whole armor of God in your everyday life, here's a great book there. We also have t-shirts on our website as well. All that's available on my website, iamunplugged.com. I'll post the links right here for everyone um, who's looking for my website and ways to support what I do. And we appreciate your generosity in advance. I love you all. I'll see y'all next time. Peace.